Good morning. This is Chad Jordan and Larry Jordan with Good the Palmetto morning. Real Estate Pros. <laughs> and so uh, if you've been listening, uh, we're not talking about vampires anymore. We're going to talk about real estate. But, oh. you know, I, I think even Dracula would need a place to stay. Well, he has his little coffins. Right. So, But in the bottom of the house, you know, it's way down in the dark basement is right. where he stays. Right. But he needs a big house, so yeah. castles even. Yeah, that he only uses at night. That's right. So we're going to talk about real estate. So that's where what we're about. And hopefully um, we can uh, go through some things that are happening not only in today's market, but, um, you know, just general things to consider when you're looking to buy or sell a house. Oh, yeah. The real estate's been around for since, uh, what, in the beginning, God created. And then, and then a house. Yeah. Somebody built a thatch house or yeah. something. So it's been around a while. So what, that's what we're going to talk about. And one of the things we kind of wanted to touch on today is the difference between selling your house retail and an investor. What, what would happen if you sold the house to an investor? What is the difference there? Why would someone ever choose to sell their house to an investor? And are there benefits to selling your house to an investor? Is there a benefit, obviously, to selling your house retail? Obviously, retail is more money. Retail sounds like it's better as far as you're going to get more money, but there are some uh, some some things that you may want to consider if you need to sell a house quickly. Yeah, depends depends on everyone's situation, Chad. What what their goal is, really. Right. So we we understand that most of the time when your people are selling a home, it's an emotional uh, decision because it's not simply uh, like selling, you know you know, a, a, a tool or something in your house that you put on eBay, although that might, you know, I've, we've seen that before. Yeah. For most people, an investor, maybe it's not so emotional, although we've seen some mistakes with investors who take their investment property and it gets very emotional and you kind of have to separate the emotion sometimes uh, to get rid of the product because really what real estate is is a place where people live, but at the end of the day, it's a product that someone else is going to buy or sell based on, you know, what, what they're looking for in their, their life. That's correct. And, uh, you know, uh, that's uh, how America was built, was um, buying and selling and uh, all kinds of people in between making that process happen. So let's talk about the difference, okay? So you've been doing this a long time, and, you know, is it okay if, if uh, you know, people call in, they call you pop? Dad, well, they can call me. Anything I can call you house. dad, but you know, <laughs> so like my wife, she calls you pop. So yeah. if you call in, you can speak to Larry or Chad. Uh, if you want to reach us online, you can reach us at the Palmetto. It's not the actually, it's Palmetto Real Estate Pros.com. And I think we have one of our shows uploaded and we'll have another one here soon. And so if you want to listen to those uh, after the show, you can certainly go on our website and do that. So uh, retail versus uh, wholesale. So we're, I'm going to call wholesale. Uh, when someone buys your house, an investor comes out to look at your house, what should someone expect? Um, that he's going to make you a crazy low offer. And why would he do such a thing? Because it's not a crazy low offer. It's where he, how he makes money. Well, and, and you got to think, if someone's buying your house and they're not going to live in it, then they have to buy it at a, have some kind of margin in there to make the numbers work. So what are the numbers? Tell us, tell us kind of how those, what those numbers look like. 
Well, first off, the numbers that most people see is the commission to start off with. So there's going to be a commission that most people pay, even if they sell their house normally with a real estate company. Uh, in addition to those commission, may be some closing costs. There's deed preparation. There's hiring an attorney. So there's other costs other than the commission that go into selling it. So what I'm hearing you say is whether an investor buys the house or someone sells their house retail, these costs are going to be there no matter what. That's correct. And the, and the wholesaler or the person that comes in to buy your house wholesale is going to pay those costs as well. So he has to factor those in. Correct. So if your house, if you look it up on Zillow, which we know is correct, always, right? Always. Always correct. Now, it's interesting because Zillow does not go in your house. Well, they're just smart. No, but you know what? <laughs> this is another side point, but I would like to talk about on a show technology and real estate because it is a fascinating thing how much people do know about the inside of our home. They hear us talking inside our home, our TVs, our Alexa. It's kind of scary. Yeah, there's ways people know what you're doing. Right. So at any rate, the, you look it up on Zillow. Zillow says your house is worth $100,000. What would you think an investor may pay for a $100,000 house? Now, this is very, very broad, right? Because you don't know, does the carpet need to be replaced? Is the air, is the air working? Does the roof leak? You know, all these things someone has to look at, whether you're looking to retail it or an investor. But let's just say the house is in pretty good shape. $100,000 is retail value. What would those numbers look like? Well, the investor may pay as much as 70 or 75 uh, depending on the mood he's in, uh, at the most. But probably around 60 or so, depending on the repairs. Larry Jordan, are you telling me that someone coming to buy my house that says I buy houses and my house is worth a hundred thousand may only pay me sixty? Correct. That's highway robbery. Well, your house may not be worth a hundred. Well, tell me why they may offer sixty or seventy. Well, first off, they gotta consider in a hundred thousand dollar house, your commission's gonna be five or six thousand dollars. So that comes off immediately. Then there's some closing costs. They're paying cash, you gotta remember writing you a check within 10 to 15 days. So they're going to value their money. What's their money worth for whatever time it takes them to market the house and sell it? Because even if you're a seller and put your house on the market traditionally, every month that goes by, you're spending money. You're making another payment that you don't want to make. Well, that investor will be doing the same thing. Now consider this. Consider someone has already moved. And they're still and they're payments. still making payments. So if your payment is a thousand dollars a month and it sits on the market four months, it's that's four thousand dollars. You don't ever get it back either. Well, that's right. I mean, you may pay a very small percentage toward principal, but most of that's going to interest. That's right. So that's an interesting thing to consider. So why else? I mean, this seems so low. Sixty or $70,000, what else are they factoring well, in? he's going to go in there and he's going to paint it. He's going to clean it. He's going to do all those kind of things unless it's immaculate already. And then he's got to do a marketing strategy of who he's selling it to, and he may have to hire a real estate company to come do it. So he's got to bill back in the money that he's paying somebody if he's not using his own. And he's also got to be able to pay the fees and association things that go with that payment. 
Right. And, um, you know, another thing that you haven't mentioned so far is a profit. I mean, hopefully if someone's buying something to rehab it, they hope to make some money at some point when they sell it. And and it sounds bad, but probably they're going to want to make at least 15% or not more for that large investment that they're making. And consider this too, Chad. They got to pay taxes on that property more than a homeowner would pay uh, while they have it because they're not living in the home. So let me get this right. So you're saying 70 to 75, 65 to 70% of whatever the after repaired value is. These are terms we're, we're throwing around. ARV is uh, something you may hear investors say, and that's after repaired value. On the other side of the break, we'll cover this some more and hopefully get you some information so you'll know how to make these uh, interesting decisions if you're looking at it. Maybe we'll learn something. Well, hello. We're back. This is the Palmetto Real Estate Pros with Larry and Chad Jordan, or Dad, right? That's right. I'm Whatever you want to call me, I'm here. And uh, I think uh, we also have a visitor talk want to talk with too, Chad. Right. So, uh, Erica, do you want to talk to Dad? Sure. Okay, great. <laughs> so we're here. How, how's things going in the market? It's wonderful. That's awesome. So tell us what I'm, you know about what's happening right now. So we, we had a little bit of movement earlier in this week. It's so funny. Uh, it, it's it seems to be ping-ponging, if, if that makes any sense. You know, the Fed will come out and make a statement, rates will go up, and then they'll be right back down the next morning. And it's not big swings, but they're they're kind of just ping-ponging. It's like they, it's like the Federal Reserve wants to ease off um, dumping money into the Federal Reserve to keep your interest rates low, right? Into mortgage-backed securities to keep rates low. But it's like we're not quite ready for it. Right? Are we so, talking like quarter percent or, or is it less than that even? Less than that. Wow. Less than that. <laughs> you know, we're seeing, but when, you, when you're in a market where rates have been as low as they have, even an eighth of a point, or let's say it's not even that big of a jump, but now to get the same rate that you could the day before, it costs 400 bucks. Do you see what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's these teeny little jumps. Um, and then they kind of even out. So... I, I'm telling everybody, expect to see rates gradually climb. Um, you know, and it's not going to be sharp, I don't think. I think it's going to be this, this teeny tiny little step um, to get rates probably close to back to where they were before the pandemic. And it may not happen really until 2033. I mean, twenty man, 2033, that'd wow. be amazing. 2023. <laughs> Um, and so, but when rates are low, consumers are extremely rate sensitive. They think that an eighth of a point is, you know, do or die. And it really isn't. So on a hundred thousand um, dollar house, how much in a payment difference are we talking about with an eighth of a point? Let's look. I can do really quick calculation. <laughs> what, 20 cents? Like, no, not even that. Right. I mean. So we're, we're know, talking nothing. So. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're talking about maybe nine, nine, ten dollars. So, you know, because you have to think it's spread over 30 years. Right. Uh, of course, now you will see a bigger change the, the higher the loan amount, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, but it, it's still really, really minuscule in the scheme of things. And if you could tell me, if you could argue that you could guarantee that you were going to be in that house 30 years, 
then I maybe would let you be okay with an eighth of a point difference. 99% of people are not going to be in that house that long, so it's a moot point to argue. Right. The average person, uh, last I saw five to seven years or so, is in a property. So and It's going to be shorter now because because of the where the market is right now. I see, I see those figures changing. Mm-hmm. We have people selling houses now within two and three years because of value. Oh, yeah. We've had people call us and say, hey, you know, I don't really want to move. I don't really want to sell my house. I like it. But, you know, if I can get some stupid amount for it, I'll sell it. So why don't you put it on the market and we'll see what happens. And sometimes we're getting those crazy amounts. You know, it's just a crazy thing right now. But so, folks, if you're listening, if you've thought about refinancing, go ahead and do it. And if you've thought of selling, we need more properties on the market. So sell your house so we can have some more inventory, and if you're looking to refinance, go ahead, and it's a great time to do that. Uh, Eric, hey, I've, I've got a question for you. Just sure. maybe you can tell somebody. Let's say the interest rates are 3.5% or whatever. What if it goes to 4? How much difference are you really talking about a payment in in life for a 20- or 30-year loan? If it went up 1 full percent. 1 full percent? Yeah. Or a half a percent. No, uh, just well, a full percent. Just the worst case that we could even imagine. Yeah, we're maybe, high now at four percent. Depending on what you're financing. <laughs> Let's say a hundred thousand dollars. What are you talking about per thousand dollars? Five maybe, bucks. Uh, a one point one percentage. Nah, it's probably gonna. I mean, over thirty years, you'll you'll probably see something like sixty dollars, maybe. At the most. At the most. Yeah. And so when you're thinking about it, when interest rates were six and seven, people thought that was low. It's true. It's all about perspective. Yeah. And so uh, even if you have one of those loans and you plan to stay there, depending on how long you've had it and where you're at, it might be worth even refinancing. That's right. And a little, little secret here is that folks who are renting, you're paying a you know, higher rate anyway. You know, so there's higher taxes, there's other things that you're paying for. So you're not really saving anything. I don't think most people think they're saving um, by renting, but there's a lot of good reasons to buy, um, you know, and, and make it your own. You you have pay down, you have uh, the interest deduction that the government allows. There's, there's a lot of reasons to be a homeowner rather than a renter. Well, you deduct the taxes and all those good things at the moment, at least. That's right. And if, you know, we're forgetting the, the obvious thing, um, you know, when you rent, you're not really building wealth for yourself. You're building it for other people. That's right. Um, if your rent is, you know, $1,200 a month, if you just add up 1200 times 12 times five years, if you've rented for five years, that's how much money you've paid. And, I mean, you've had a place to stay, but that's all you have to show for it. You spent $60,000. That's, that's right. Yeah. So, so I, you know, one of the things where, especially right now, I think you know why we're seeing the market the way it is. You know, we've talked about kind of what is causing the pinch of inventory, and I think you know some of it is we lost foreclosures, we lost that percentage of inventory over the last year and a half, which does make up a little bit of a market's inventory, and then we saw more people relocating to areas because of inflated values where they could make a decent amount of money from their house in a, in a different area of the country 
and come down here and buy real estate much more affordably. And we saw people see rent prices go through the roof, where it more so now than ever is more affordable to buy with the lower rates than it is to rent. So we have all those things compounding into kind of a already, we were already on the verge of a seller's market before COVID, you know? And so it, 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 it's a very interesting thing when you see kind of how everything contributes to our vast, vast shortage of inventory. Um, but I do think that we will see some relief, um, you know, in the fall and winter when foreclosures start coming back on the market. I don't think it'll make a huge dent, but I think it will help. All right. Things, things are cyclical and they do change. Erica, we, we so appreciate you calling in. And, guys, if you're listening and you're looking at refinancing or purchase purchase loan, call Erica. Erica, before you head out, tell us how they can get in touch with you. They can reach me on my cell phone, which is 803-528-5019. They can email me at erica at lendingpathmortgage.com. You can find me on Facebook. Just search for the Erica Hill West Mortgage Group, or you can go to my website, which is www.ericahillwest.com. Great. All right. So you got to talk to Dad and me. So thank That's you for right. calling in. That's awesome. And so uh, as uh, Erica's heading out, there are some things with uh, real estate that's happening now. If you're looking to sell, certainly it's a great time. Retailing is a great option. We were talking about the difference in retail versus wholesale or an investor buying your house. And so I think most people understand retail or have a concept anyway that, you know, if I want to sell my house and I want to get the most amount of money, then I need to for, for sale by owner, if someone wants to go that route, there's lots of reasons why you may not be better off doing a for sale by owner, but you have that option. Or get a real estate agent. We would love that opportunity, by the way, to sell your house, and we'll retail it and get as much as possible for the property. Now, why in the world would anybody want to sell their property knowing they're not going to get full retail for it? Well, there's a lot of reasons, Chad. I mean, somebody could be behind on payments and the house is becoming an alligator eating them alive. Um, they could have a sickness. There could be a death in the family. They could have inherited a house. There are a number of reasons why people need to sell a property at a discount price to be done with it and move on in life. Unfortunately, 50% of the populations get divorced, and they just need to get rid of that. And in, of in many cases, that's court-ordered sale. Yes. So it has to be sold. Yes. And uh, it needs to be done quickly. That's right. So there's a lot of reasons why people sell at a discount. And I can't tell you why every reason. Nobody, you know, they don't always share with us why. And uh, I've done things later and I said, why did I do that? <laughs> well, and there's the times, I mean, if you think back, whoever's listening out there, you know there are times when you've sold something and thought, I know I'm selling this for way under value, but I don't care. I want to get rid of it. I know it's worth X, but I'm willing to sell it for Y. I'm, I've got a television I'll give away that works. <laughs> <laughs> yes, if anyone wants to help uh, move a projection screen TV, <laughs> we'll, we'll take the help. So, But, there, yeah, there's there's a ton of reasons why people sell for less than what, you know, I mean, we could put in our air quotes, right, than they should. You know, why, why people do what they do, there's tons of reasons. There's a, a gentleman that you worked with um, or our company worked with um, struggling with cancer. Yes. He had a house that, 
you know, had a foundation issue. Um, you know, he, he was like, I don't care. Take the house. Um, I mean, there are more pressing things on his mind than the house. Yeah, the you know, when someone's health is the primary thing, the house becomes way, way secondary. Right. The family wants, you know, to be able to take care of someone. Uh, they want to be able to take care of themselves. And so sometimes the house may become a secondary issue. And, you know, I've actually had conversations with people and said, look, your house is worth this. I think I can get this for it. Um, or we can buy it for cash and it would be this price. We've had people tell us, I want the lower price. I want to be done. I'm done with this place. Please just take the house. I know I'm not going to make as much as I, I could, but I just want to sell it. You know, there's people that will give you the house. We've even had people pay us to take their house, too. So there's all kinds of reasons why people do the things that they do that uh, sometimes you and I can't even explain why that happens. But in the end, it works out for them. That's the main thing we're concerned about, that is it the right thing for them? And if we don't think it is, we'll probably tell you, maybe we can get you a couple more dollars. And, you know, Don said something great on our last investor exchange. It was Wednesday, this past Wednesday, and we spoke, we talked about options. And she mentioned something. She said, if it's not win-win, if it's not a win for the seller, if it's not a win for the company, and, you know, ultimately a win for the person looking to buy it, then we shouldn't be doing it. That's correct. It's got to work for everybody or, you know, we need to look at other options. So on the other side, we'll continue this conversation. Join us back. We'll see you shortly. All right. Right, we're back. This is Chad. I'm Larry, and we're still here. Or Dad. Our Dad. Right. Or Remember, Bob, or whatever you want to call me. You can reach us at the Pal. I keep saying the. It's Palmetto Real Estate Pros Our podcast will be on there, which is a just a recording of this. And I think our amazing producer is even taking out the commercials for you, so you will have a commercial-free listening experience. That's what I like. That's right. <laughs> this is what we, that's what we all like. So if you want to do that, remember Palmetto, realestatepros.com. This is Chad and Larry, or Dad, and uh, we were talking about the differences or the advantages and disadvantages of selling your house retail versus selling your house cash to an investor and what an investor offers, why they offer what they offer, and I think uh, – Dad, Larry, you had said that uh, an investor is going to be somewhere between 70, 60 to 75% of retail value. So if it's a $100,000 house, you could expect an offer somewhere between 70, 65, $70,000 because they're going to factor in a 10 to 15, 15%, 15, 20% profit. They're going to factor in the commissions. They're going to factor in repairs. They've got to factor in a lot of things and they're going to take the risk of buying that house as is and being done. So you get cash on the table, usually within weeks, days, rather than, you know, months and waiting on a, a loan approval process. Yeah, if, a, if a guy comes to you and tells you that he wants to buy your house for cash and he's offering you a low price but needs three or four months, don't deal with him. Well, that's a good point because there are a lot of investors who may, you know, and we'll, we'll put that in air quotes too, right, investors that are that are wholesalers and there's nothing wrong necessarily with the wholesaler what a wholesaler does is try to get a deal on a property and then he tries to sell that deal to a, an investor who wants to close on it 
the only problem with that is if you think your house is going to close in 10 days and it's a wholesaler, he may not be the one closing on it. And so you just need to ask the question, are you going to be the one buying this house or is someone else, are you selling it to someone else? So the wholesaler is like a middleman. Now, there's also other occasions, Chad, that uh, you may get a, a good price for your house, close to value, depending on what that investor is going to do with your home. Uh, in some cases, if it's in the right location, they may tear it down and build a duplex or a triplex or a quadruplex. Depending on the property, sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, there's an interesting thing happening in, to, in the market today is that there are actually builders that are building to rent. Yes. They're, they're building new construction specifically for rent. And we're not talking multifamily. We're talking single family, single family and, uh, you know, maybe you know, patio homes type things, but there, there's a, there's a lot of that going on. And, um, so there may be some buyers out there looking to just buy something to rent. They could probably pay a little bit more because they're looking really long term, but they're still going to have to factor some numbers in. There's still costs associated with doing that. Right. So just, it's, it's important just to ask the question, know what you're dealing with. Is it a buyer who's going to be closing on it, flipping the house and flipping has kind of gotten a bad word, but really all flipping is, is, Someone taking the risk to buy the house, fix it up, and sell it for as much as possible. Yeah, but everybody watch HGTV, and they love it. That's right. We've seen the shows, right? Yeah. We know how it works, and it's usually a, uh, you know, it would be nice if we had that experience where we could just have the camera come in and, you know, on edit the tape, show before and after, not have to deal with contractors who don't say what they're, don't do what they say they're going to do. You know, delays and everything. When they open a wall, finding all kinds of stuff inside, you know, termite damage, et cetera. So, you know, all these things investors look at. And what usually happens, you know, you could tell us this. We know this from experience, and probably most of the listeners know this from experience. What happens when you begin to do repairs? Well, you find more repairs. <laughs> That's exactly what happens. You take up the floor just to replace the floor. And you find a rotten board or something. Termites. <laughs> yeah, termites. There's all kinds of hidden things that happen once you start tearing apart a house. Yeah, we uh, we had one that uh, the contractor went over and was going to tear out the wall. Chad, you remember this story? And he called us and said, well, we got a problem. We said, what's the problem? He said, well, I tore out the wall, and the only thing holding up the wall right now is termites holding hands. <laughs> That's right. So, yeah, that was the one that there were actually no studs in the house yeah. or in the wall. You could see the powder from where a stud <laughs> used to be, but there were no studs. But these are the kind of things that an investor takes the risk for. Yeah. And think about it. If he had calculated repairs at like $10,000, and now he's got a, a wall with no studs, you're looking at another couple thousand at least to hire somebody to put, you know, to fix it. And, and so, so what do you do? You, pay, you write a check. You write a check and put new studs in the wall. That's what we did. Right. <laughs> so. And so, um, by the way, Real quick, how do you fix things? I call a contractor to fix it. I don't do it. Right. So this is how you fix things. You write checks. Yeah. Now, checks are easier than fixing things, but they do cost money. And that's the thing. you got to count that cost. How much is the check going to be to correct this issue? Yeah. I mean, of course, you know me. I like to do construction, but it doesn't pay me what I would make getting somebody else to do it, and I can go find another house. That's right. You, you remember the uh, contractor we had that was complaining about all the work we were doing. Yeah. Going on and on and on. What did you tell him? 
I said, you're getting paid. Right. And, and um, it was he was the one doing the work. Yeah, he was the one doing the work, not me. Right. And But he was upset. I don't know why, because that was his job. Yeah. But so, it was hard. But, but, yeah, you do find that from time to time. So we've talked a little bit about wholesaling or why someone would want to sell their house for cash. There's a ton of reasons why someone may want to take less than they could get for the house. They're in a hurry to move. Uh, we, we say the three D's, death, divorce, disaster. There's a lot of reasons. It could be repairs. The repairs have gotten so out of hand that if you put it on the market today, it just wouldn't get retail. Well, think of this, Chad. Why do some people tell us they can't sell their house right now? Repairs. Well, I can't get what I need because of the repairs. Right. And so we have a house uh, that we're trying to sell for a bank right now. And we've had to tell the bank, there's we you have to sell this property for way under retail. And the reason why is not because you take, okay, the house, and, and this is a perfect example, the house is worth about $100,000. The bank is looking to sell it for fifty five. We think they're going to have to go lower than that. Correct. The repairs on it are around thirty. Why is that? Because no one's going to be able to get financing. So the only people looking at this house are people with cash, uh, an end user buyer with cash who's willing to do all the repairs, which is a very small subset of the buyers. Correct. Or an investor. And what is the investor going to do? They're yeah. going to pay cash, but they're going to have to do those repairs, and they got to factor that uh, that risk in there. Yeah, and they'll make it. They'll have to buy it cheap enough that they can remarket it later and pay a real estate company and all those fees to to make it come out. So the mortgage company will not do well on this deal. Right. So they'll try to count, cut their cost yeah. uh, and they'll have to sell it for cheap. And that's why some people, you know, just decide, you know what, I, I can't do the repairs. I don't have the wherewithal, don't have the patience, don't have the time. So I would just rather sell it at a discount and be done. And so that's the, the, why some people will do uh, a cash sale. Mm -hmm. Now retail it may feel a little better. It does because you can get full market value for the property. And the good thing in today's market is some things may be overlooked because the market is so tight. So if you need your carpet's not great, it might not be that big a deal because there's not much inventory. That's correct. So you get away with things. But the time is coming where you can't get away with things. You know, that right now there's, there's leeway because there's, there's so low inventory. That's correct. And so we're in a seller's market. When it becomes a buyer's market. It'll be then, turned completely the other way. Right. So, you know, I don't like the smell of the house. I don't like the, this or that. And, you know, it's interesting because all those things do play a factor. Oh, even the color. Right. You I know. don't like the color of the walls. Do you think HGTV has had an impact on what people expect? Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, so if it's not the HGTV look, you know, it, it can hurt sometimes. So... But we're in a great time in the market because if you have a house to sell, even if it's not perfect, you you probably can sell it. Well, call me. Right. <laughs> I may buy it. So, I mean, we're, we, uh, Chad, we got one right now that's burned down that uh, the bank's going to have to sell. That's right. So, um, you know, it's, it's dangerous to go inside it. So, yeah. but anything can be sold at the right price. Right. And so when you're looking at retail, is your house retailable or is it kind of more of a wholesalable house? So anything can be sold. You just got to get the right price. And if it's in the location and uh, there's always a buyer, if you get to the right price. Right. And um, we're um, 
also need to talk a little bit, maybe chat about inherited property that uh, somebody doesn't think they can sell right away. They've inherited a home, still got to pay the taxes, those kind of things. When we come back, maybe talk a little bit about that. Well, those are costs that continue. Forever. uh, Right. The taxes, the insurance, and, uh, you know, Dawn has done quite a few of those in Aiken and around as well where, you know, inherited properties where the family has a property. And it's usually interesting because it's one person that usually is taking care of all the bills. And it's, it's the other interesting part is they're usually the one that really wants to sell it because they're paying all the bills. Yeah, because as one guy told me one time, he was the last Indian on the reservation. <laughs> Everybody else had moved out of town and left him to handle it. So uh, I understand it can be kind of aggravating at times to manage uh, the estate for the whole family. All right, and so the costs continue. Taxes don't just go away because the house is vacant. Uh, You know, the bills don't stop when the people move out. They just continue. And so a vacant house where the bills continue is a, you know, it creates motivation. Correct. And so there's lots of motivation. It's like the the things we talked about, the, the death in a family, a divorce, um, disaster happens. It could be health crisis, and disaster could be all a number of things. It could be all those things combined. Yep, and people do what people do. And uh, we're going to be back in a few minutes after the break, and we'll talk some more about a few of these other things coming right, up. Remember, check us out at palmettorealestatepros.com. We're back. This is Chad. We're here, and this is Larry. PalmettoRealEstatePros.com. And all the people that you just hear on our commercials and all, anything, if you don't have a pencil to write it all down, just go to RealEstatePros.com. Palmetto Real Estate Pros. And you'll you'll find them there. We did the site. You would think we would know the site name. Well, we're so used to just talking, it doesn't matter. PalmettoRealEstatePros.com. You can find all the information about our sponsors and about more information about real estate. So I think it's a link in, in addition to our website. I think it's at the bottom of that page that has articles and, and different things that you can gain some more information as well. And today what we're talking about is retail versus uh, what, what an investor would pay for a house. So we've kind of covered why someone may want to sell their house for cash, what some reasons are, you know, why it may not be a bad thing. You know, this is interesting because sometimes what happens when we negotiate a deal, some sometimes, not all the time, but what will happen is people will go back and tell their family, hey, I just sold my house for cash. <laughs> yes, we hear that. And then what will the family say? Well, if I'd have known it, I'd have bought it. Or why did you do that? You should not have done that. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because if you own a house, there's people that are going to tell you what to do all the time or in any situation. We know how this works in life, right? Oh, yeah. And if you want an opinion, just say what you did, and people will volunteer their opinions readily. So sometimes you just got to make the best decision for you and your family and trust that it's the right decision. Well, you know, it's like uh, I, I don't know if you remember the guy that had one was selling it. And he told his family before we finished the purchase. And they said, well, if I'd have known that, I'd have bought it. And they said, well, come on, buy it. I'll call them. They, didn't, they couldn't buy it. They didn't intend to buy it. 
it's very rare when we see when someone says, well, my friend, my neighbor, my family will buy my house. Let me let them do it before you do it. Mm-hmm. And that's I don't think we've ever had that happen. It's never happened. They've always called us back. Right. So it's, it's interesting. You know, there there are a lot of opinions, a lot of reasons why people will tell you you should never do that. But you have to do what is in the best interest of your family. Now, the opposite side of that is retail. And so are there challenges with retail? Are there there's a plus and minus with everything, right? Sure, there is. Uh, retail will get you the most, but you're going to wait. Well, in this market, you may wait a day, <laughs> but uh, it's going to be a longer process. If someone has to get a loan, it may take 30, 60 days. And there's a lot of people out there right now. They got pre-approved, but when it comes down to getting the loan, they get unapproved. And so somebody's wasted 30, 60, 90 days waiting on someone they thought had the ability to purchase a home. Well, we just had a, a listing. I listed a house in Columbia, and the uh, I think we listed it at 159 and we had offers. We had four offers come in, which is really low considering where things are at now. I've heard, heard of one person that got... 50-something offers on a property. Mm-hmm. So our highest offer came in at 175 So the seller was ecstatic, just thrilled. Uh, but what happened is when the appraisal came in, the appraisal came in at 152 which is below the what we had listed it for, and the, the buyer had to extend the closing. Mm-hmm. So these are the and, and, uh, inspections came back, and there were some things. It was an older house, so there were some things that had to be, be fixed. Uh, so these are some of the drawbacks, I guess, you know, with the waiting. Is it going to appraise? What's going to happen when the inspections come back? You know, so these are some of the things. There's a process associated with most retail sales. There's a, uh, the contract. Most people are thrilled when they get the contract. Is that the end of the story? That's the beginning of the story. <laughs> That's the beginning of the, the journey. Yeah. Because after the inspections, you usually, in, on the standard contract we use, there's a 10-day due diligence period. And in that 10-day due diligence period, they're going to have people come out to the house and inspect it. So a lot of people are going to be coming in and out of the house, heating and air people. Who else is going to come out to the house? You're going to have the termite guy, the heating and air, maybe a roofer. Uh, depending on, you may need plumbing if they see there's different things in the plumbing. And you got to remember, I don't mean this wrong for those trades. They're good for what they do. But they're also fault finders. Their job is to find out what's not right with that property. All right, so a home inspector, I mean, their their job is to find potential problems with the house or Correct. problems with the house. So that's their job. So mm-hmm. they're going to tell you everything about the house that is wrong. And so if you're a very thin-skinned person and you're completely in love with your house, you just need to be aware that when those inspections come back, they're going to find things wrong with the house. But if you had an inspector come out to your house while you're living in it and you thought it was perfect, guess what? It's probably not no, because they're going to find things. And it's little things that just scare people, like uh, caught an electrician, the porch light's not working. Right. What, what's probably wrong? The, it probably needs a light bulb. Yeah. But they won't tell you it needs a light bulb because they don't know that it needs a light bulb. They'll say consult an electrician where you could probably just take a light bulb screw it in oh it works yeah but you know so some of the terms they use may you know scare you yeah throw up red flags to a person who doesn't know how to read it so all these things come into play and so like on the property i was talking about we got a contract for 175 but the appraisal came in at 152 
What does that mean? Well, that means that we either have to come down to 152 because on the contract it was checked subject to appraisal or the buyer has to come to the table with the difference. And so in that case, the buyer didn't have the money, so they ended up just selling it for 152. They probably could have took it back off the market, but this is part of the problem. Do you put it, take it off the market and then do it over again? It just creates more time delays in that process. And a little more stress. Right. So retail is good if you want the most amount of money. Just be aware there's a process that takes place. Most of the time, you're going to end up with more money. You're going to sell it, and it hopefully will go well. But that's not a given. It's not a 100%. Just nothing's 100%. No. There's not a 100% chance everyone will wake up tomorrow. That's right. So just keep these things in mind, whether you're looking to sell your house quickly and you want to get, you know, just be done, or if you're looking to retail the property. And whatever the case, who can they call if they want some uh, opinion, expert advice on their property? I think you could call my son, Chad. And what's your number, Chad, in case they can't go to the palmettorealestatepros.com and find They it. can call 803-606-2848, or they could call Dad, right? If you just want to talk to Dad, you can call Dad, 803-422-0260. Reach out to us. And honestly, even if we're looking, if somebody says, hey, I just want to sell my house for cash, um, or they want to retail it. We give them both options. Yeah, Here's what it would look like if you sold it for cash. Here's what it would look like if you sold your house and retailed it. And this is what the process is going to be. So we're there to kind of make sure we're there with you throughout the whole process. And you gave my personal cell phone numbers, Chad. All right. So, <laughs> and I'll give them your number again, 803-422-0260 or 803-606-2848. You can certainly reach out to us. And uh, remember to go to palmettorealestatepros.com. I got that one right. You got it very good. How you about that? Very clearly. And those uh, our podcast or our shows will be on that website as well. And links to our sponsors are on there. And I think we were going to have one of our sponsors call in, but they're probably busy working right now. You're talking about Angie. Yeah, she's out working hard. Um, we've kept her very busy, and so um, if you're looking for any services, make sure to reach out to those sponsors. They do a great job uh, and can help you throughout the process as well. Yeah, our, our roofer just is exceptional. He's done, I can't even begin to count how many roofs he's done for us, and, and just general public that we've referred to him for. That's right. So it's, it's been a lot, and so and, and this goes into the retail versus wholesale. You know, if you want to sell your house as is, you don't want to touch it, it looks completely terrible, we can help you with that. If your house is immaculate and you want to sell it for as much as pro possible, we can help you with that. Check out our website, palmettorealestatepros.com. Or you can call us directly, which I already gave those numbers out. You can call Chad or Dad, right? <laughs> Either one of us, and we'll be glad to help you and walk you through the process, whether you want to sell or not. Um, also, if uh, someone out there has a house that is abandoned at the moment, we do buy abandoned, really look bad houses that we like to go in, fix up, and make the neighborhood proud of owning a home in the neighborhood so we do like to restore homes so if you come across one that is your next door neighbor or somebody and you're interested in having it fixed up they you don't know where they're at call us we'll do all the work that's right and so we have tons of opportunities to buy sell rent 
Um, we do all of those things. If you're looking, if you've got a house you want to keep and uh, you just want to rent it, we can certainly help with that. We have property management division as well. Yeah. So we, I think if it's real estate, we do it, isn't it, Chad? Well, real estate is kind of what we do, yeah. So mm-hmm. we'll touch on all of those different areas in, in the real estate market. And uh, remember, if you are looking at thinking about selling your house, I mean, it may be worth just a phone call to see what the market, you might be surprised what things are going for right now. Well, we'll, we'll do a free market analysis like most real estate companies. We'll, but we'll give you both sides of that equation. Uh, we'll give you the market analysis and what might benefit you more one way or the other how you go about disposing of it if you want to get rid of it. That's right, because whether you're looking to retail or to sell it to an investor, there's a cost associated with selling your property. Or even renting it. All right, even renting, there's a cost. And you can do a rent-to-own. You might make more money that way over the longer period. So as you can tell, there's lots of different avenues to take in real estate, and there's tons of niches, even within the things we've talked about, whether it be renting, uh, wholesaling or retailing your property there's different niches that people have focused on and you know there's lots of ways you can go when you're when you got a piece of property and people wholesale all the time when you go buy your groceries you're buying from a wholesaler somewhere along the line that's right so all right guys it looks like we are out of time so we will see you next week palmetto real estate pros.com if you need any information until then 